Well, good morning. I am so thankful this morning. How many of you are thankful to be inside? I woke up and I saw the frost and I said, thank you, Lord. We're not outside and in the cold. I hear you folks have been out there on that beautiful property for a number of weeks, but to finally be inside together, that's great. And I was having such a great morning this morning. I got to sleep in a little bit, and I got up leisurely in that beautiful apartment that you have prepared there, and we just had such a a, a relaxing morning. I was driving over here following uh, a a vehicle, and we hit that construction zone on Highbury, and I'm following this vehicle through all the cones. I'm thinking, well, you know, construction's a little bit everywhere, and so we're going through there, and, and, and I pass... On my right-hand side, there was a nice blue cruiser sitting there. I thought, okay, good. I looked down at my speedometer, 60. I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to be on time this morning and pass by, and suddenly the lights go on. I was having such a good morning, and then suddenly the lights go on behind me. I pull over. I'm thinking, what is going on here? Is this a welcome to St. Thomas? I was starting to get a little excited. I'm like, man, he really rolls out the red carpet, has the lights flashing for me. And so I pull over and eagerly roll down my window thinking, this, this is going to be exciting. And then she asked for all of the documents, and she shows me the thing. She says, you're going 62. I thought, wow, 62? You guys really, really play it by the law here. Normally, there's a little bit of a grace period there, but no, she asked for all the papers. She goes, it's a construction zone. I looked around. I saw all the construction going on, all the workers working today, and boy, it was a busy zone to be speeding through, and she said, it's 40. I thought, oh boy, that's 22 over if my math is correct on such a busy construction day. And of course, I didn't let her know the sarcasm that was going on in my heart at that moment. I surrendered my documents, and sure enough, she came back with some pretty colored ones for me and explained the fines I'm going to have to pay, and I thought, wow. And that's all she said. She said, have a good day. I was like, great. So I was having a good morning. And then that happened, then I came here and then heard the singing and the music, and that just set everything back right. And it's so good to be able to sing together, and it's so good to be able to be with you this weekend despite tickets and all, but I am so thankful. I've been looking forward to this weekend uh, ever since Brother Yeomans was able to invite me to this, and, and just to be able to spend an anniversary Sunday with you. I bring greetings from our church. You'll have to excuse me if my mind is maybe there this morning. I'm not away very much. I like being in our church on Sunday because I know this is a great church. You've got a great history, 45 years and to see some uh, familiar faces of the many years of faithfulness here. Uh, I'm so thankful for this church, but you know what? Crosspoint is the best church. And I, I tell them that all the time. You know, there's no place I'd rather be than at our home church. But it is good to be able to uh, be able to join you. We are privileged to be with you. I didn't come alone. I brought my assistant with me, Kyle. He's over here. And I, I, I was unable to bring my wife with me. She now teaches throughout the week. And so Monday, Tuesday, and then getting back Wednesday, she was unable to make it. And I know some of you would rather have her here than me here. And I'm sure she would be a much better preacher, but she sends her greetings. Um, Kyle is number four of five children that we have, just by way of introduction, in case you don't know who we are. My oldest is currently in her second year at West Coast Baptist College and just enjoying it, and uh, we pray for her on a regular basis. Our second oldest is finishing her final year of school this year, and then she'll be heading out to West Coast as well to attend there. Our thirdborn is now a teenager, 13 years old, and Kyle is almost 12, soon to be 12, in just a few more months. And then our youngest, 
we adopted a two-year-old two years ago. So he's four going on five years old, and uh, I would have loved to have them all here, but thank you for your understanding. They truly are a gift to me in the ministry. Without my family, I wouldn't have a ministry, and so I'm so thankful for them. My, as, as it was mentioned, my wife and I will be celebrating 16 years in Ottawa in just about two months' time, and time flies by, and it's just been great. Ottawa is a wonderful city. I grew up in the GTA, in the, in the greater Toronto area, in Oshawa, on the East End, but when I moved to Ottawa, I said, I am never looking back. Now, I'm not a Sens fan. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> still loyal to my Leafs and still waiting, still waiting, <laughs> still waiting, uh, but in 2022, we'll be uh, celebrating 20 years in ministry as a family, in uh, church work, and, and in the gospel ministry, and I would like to say that it's always been a breeze, but it hasn't. <laughs> There's been some difficulties, ups and downs, but it's been a privilege to serve the Lord. Uh, we're watching God work in our church in a great way, and some of that was already indicated, and, and just some of the growth. Some look at COVID and say, what a difficult time, and it was, and it is. But we look at it, and it's been such a blessing. We've seen God, God's hand of blessing in so many different ways. Just over three and a half years ago, uh, we finished a building program, and it was, a, it was a massive endeavor for our church to be able to do. It was the culmination of about 18 years of prayer and saving and waiting. 18 years, then finally seeing God's hand to say, yes, now, move, build. And so we were able to do that. It was about a, the value of the project was about just over $5 million, and we were able to do it for under $3 million. And so we saw God provide in some great ways to be able to see that accomplished. And so, again, I am humbled to be here and to know that this is the 45th anniversary. So I got a question. How many have been here from the beginning? Or do we have any, like, charter original members? Anyone been here for, like, 45 years? Right there. Very good. That's wonderful. Are there more than one? Is there more than one? 45 years. God bless you for your faithfulness here. Wouldn't it be great if in 45 years from now, I could ask the same question? Now, I would be uh, 95 years old at the time, but I would come up here and how many were here at that time? But uh, what a tremendous blessing and just to see uh, faithfulness. So as we begin, I just want to share with you something that I've been reflecting on over the past little while, just some words of wisdom that were shared with me that I've been pondering, and it's wrapped up in a quote that I found, and I want to share it with you as we begin because I've been dwelling on it. It says something like this, there's a fine line between a long, drawn-out sermon and a hostage situation. <laughs> so I was dwelling on that, and I was thinking a long, drawn-out sermon and a hostage situation. So I don't want to make it seem like a hostage situation this morning. So we're going to get right into God's Word in Luke chapter number 24. Luke 24. We'll be looking at this topic this morning, and you'll see it in our section of verses of they remembered his words. They remembered his words. Luke chapter number 24. Luke 24, I want to begin reading in verse number 1. Scriptures say, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Now I've been to that same place and guess what? It's still not there. That's a, that's a wonderful blessing. Verse 3, Luke 24, verse 3. 
And they entered in and found out the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Now look at verse number 8. And they remembered his words. Verse 9, And returned from the sepulcher, and told all these things unto the eleven, and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the, unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them, to the apostles, as idle tales. And they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. Have you ever been on a roller coaster? Anybody been on a roller coaster? Any of you not enjoy roller coasters? Okay, so there's about an equal number there. Um, I, I, I happen to enjoy them. I like them. And I would say I enjoy them more today than I did when I was growing up. When I was growing up, safety standards weren't exactly up to par. And it seems like they put you on these roller coasters that went all over the place, and all they gave you to hang on to was this little metal lap bar that came down about to here, They didn't weigh you. They didn't measure you. They didn't care. So as long as you were on the ride and paying the price. So as a young child, I remember being on these roller coasters and looking out to the side and just grasping onto that metal bar for dear life, thinking they don't care whether I live or die. Nowadays, when you go on them, they strap you in so tight, you struggle to breathe. And they have all these safety mechanisms. And I'm just waiting for the day that they have airbags built into roller coasters But I would say, you know what, it's more necessary today than on the coasters back then. I grew up with big wooden ones, all right? They they rattle the brain out of your body, and they're very rough. Today, they're smooth, but they're a whole lot faster. They do things that you'd never think could ever be done on a roller coaster, flipping you all the way around. And, And if you've ever been on one of these roller coasters, sometimes they go so fast, you don't even know where you are. It's up and down and all around, and by the end, you think, what what just happened to me? You know, sometimes life can be like that. I read a passage like this, and I think of the disciples and the women that were involved in this, the followers of Christ, and they have literally been on a roller coaster of life. Throughout the past couple of weeks, a lot has happened. Emotions, events, all leaving them pretty dazed and confused, not really knowing what's going to happen next. If you've ever been there, or some other situation like that in life, when things come along and they, they, they bring you to this high point of life and you think, man, life is good. And before you know it, something comes along just unexpectedly. It starts to feel like this roller coaster of life. It lets, leaves your stomach feeling quite sick. You don't even know what happened to you and you don't even know what's happening next. During those moments of life, it is so important. The decisions you make, the choices you make, and what you do next, those kind of moments of life can be valuable moments. 
And if we redeem those moments of life, sometimes we can grow through those things, be strengthened through them, and be matured through that process if you face those moments, by the way, which you probably will, and you make the wrong decisions. Sometimes the weight of those decisions and the consequences of those choices has long-lasting effects. Today we're going to see in this story surrounding the resurrection a key. A key that will maybe help you and me to regain some perspective, some some focus on situations and circumstances of life. Because I know it hasn't been recent, but you know what? Maybe we've been through some roller coasters of life. Can you say a year and a half worth? Where you don't know what's happening next. Oh, what's this next mandate? What's this next directive? Where is it going to lead us? How is it going to take us? To me, the key is found in verse number 8. And it's the title of this morning. And they remembered his words. Now, mind you, there's other factors at play here. Look at before verse number 8 and verse number 5. Look at this. And as they were afraid... I believe they were at this point of fear because obviously they were looking at things that were beyond their control. They really had no clue what they were looking at because, think about it, put yourself in their shoes. It's not every day that you walk into a tomb that you had just placed a body in a couple days earlier only to find it empty. I mean, put yourself there. Imagine with me for a moment If you were to walk in and you know where you laid that body and yet it's not laying there, that is not initially exciting. That's probably initially terrifying. So there's a lot going on here emotionally that they're trying to take in. They had just a few days earlier earlier, witnessed a most brutal execution. An execution of an innocent friend. They had been around for years. They had to go through all the hurdles of obtaining the body, quickly preparing the body, and then laying the body for burial in that tomb before the Sabbath. And now, they got up early in the morning with all the provisions for the customary body preparations. Very sad time for them. As they were approaching this tomb, I don't imagine, and maybe you're seeing it in your mind's eye too, I don't imagine them running to the tomb. The way I see them is sadly walking along, entering that garden, only to see that stone rolled away. That stone that they saw that was sealed just a few days earlier. The curiosity peaked. They go and they look inside that tomb. They don't see the body. Can you imagine at that moment the questions that would start to roll over in your mind? So many things. And then to look and to see two angels in, I like these words, the shining garments. I wonder what that looked like. And they begin to tell you that you're looking for a living man. Okay. No, actually we're looking for a dead one. But they're saying, why are you looking for the living? And now you're saying he's alive? I mean, these are all, this is a lot to process. And then you hear those iconic words, those lasting words, eternally wonderful words, where they say to them, he is not here, but is risen. Can you imagine if you heard those words? 
I wonder how long the pause was after that line to let it sink in. All right, we read it, and I read it quickly in just a matter of seconds. We were through that phrase, those phrases of verses. Let's look at it again. 24 verse 6, where they, they turn to them and they say, He is not here, but is risen. The way I read it, there's a pause right after that. Before they continue to speak, looking at them saying, Remember? Remember how he spake unto you when he was in Galilee? Look at verse number seven. I I see a pause after that saying, do you remember? The son of man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified. You know, it's almost in my mind like the angels coaxing them along. Like, do you remember this? He told you. And then the third day rise again. Now, have you ever been somewhere where someone's trying to explain something to someone and they don't seem to get it? They have this glassy-eyed look, and they're just staring at you going, I'm going to be watching you this morning, and if I get to the point in the message where you're just looking at me like, I'm going to start repeating, okay? So if I start repeating, you know there's someone around you that's looking a little glassy-eyed. Give a, give a sharp elbow to them and say, pay attention. He'll never end. This is going to be a hostage situation very soon, right? So I'm reading this this way in your mind's eye. You've got to use your imaginations. That's how I read Scripture, right? Remember? He said this. And then we hit verse number 8. Can you see this? What does their face look like in your mind's eye? As they're seeing this in verse number eight. What do their eyes look like? What's their mannerisms? And then you hit verse number eight. Ready? And they remembered his words. I wonder how their eyes went. <gasps> if in that moment of time it light came on, you ever see somebody just suddenly get something? They grasp it. And they remembered. It immediately changed them. The Bible records that they go out from this moment and they go and tell everyone about the risen Savior. Almost like it was a renewed passion within them. This this new vigor for life. This excitement. We can't skip over that just for a moment because there's great significance here that I want us to see. Verse number 8. And they remembered his words. Now the words of the Lord, whenever he spoke them, were not just arbitrarily given with senseless utterance. They all had significance and meaning. So when the Lord says something, even today, when we read it, we better perk up our ears and we better listen because there's meaning. It's not just meaningless nonsense. You know what it's like when someone's giving a speech and they're just trying to fluff their way through it, right? They're just talking and then after a while, you as a listener are just hearing what? (laughs) This is not how the Lord was saying these words. They were to be listening. His words have meaning, purpose, and they are powerful. That's why when they remembered His words, the truths He spoke, the promises He gave, all of these things, we see a couple of things happen. Now, don't miss this. Just two things this morning. Very quickly, when they remembered His words, number one, they did not remain silent. When they remembered his words, they did not remain silent. Now, I'm sure that they started to remember all of his words, all of his promises, all of his parables in that moment when they remembered his words. 
Have you ever seen something so incredible and so shocking it left you trembling, but at the same time in awe? Let me read for you the other account that Matthew chapter 28 gives. Jesus is saying, And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' words. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. Jesus comforts them and he emboldens them with his own words again. And what does he say to them? Go tell. Go tell. And this they did. They were messengers of a risen Savior. What a privilege. Can you imagine being entrusted with this news? What news? That Jesus is alive. Can I give you a hint? Not much has changed. Disciples back then had the same words that they were entrusted with. Guess what message we're to give today? The same message. We serve a living Savior, and He's asked you to spread that news. What an honor. We don't have to read it as saying, man, I wish I was a disciple. To be given that news to share with everybody. That's a news that he would say later on in Matthew to all disciples. What an honor. Think of this. Just a quick side note. What a position of honor that the Bible gives to women. Some accuse the Bible of pushing women down. Think of the honored position that the women were given as being the first recipients of this news. The same news that we share today. They were, they, they, the, the, the angel appeared to them and said, you go tell the men. <laughs> you go tell the other disciples. And the Lord gave it to women. Think of the honor of that, especially in that cultural setting. When they remembered his words, number one, they did not remain silent. But notice this too. When they remembered his words, they regained hope. They regained hope. What a difference between how they left in the morning how did they leave in the morning? They were mourning. There's a spelling difference, but I think you get what I mean there. When they left in the morning, they were mourning, and they were walking slowly to the tomb. When we read later on with this message, how were they leaving? Running. What a difference. They regained hope. Going to the tomb, that's not an exactly an exciting place to be, considering all that they had just been through. Funerals are not usually exciting times. I had a very full week this week. I happened to have a funeral this week. Sometimes that occupies a couple of days. 51-year-old lady dropped dead instantly. One Sunday morning. No explanation. 51 years old. Rather young. I'll tell you this. The funeral wasn't an exciting occasion. It was a sad moment usually is a time of quiet contemplation. So I wonder how many words were said amongst the women on the way to the tomb. In my mind's eye, I don't imagine much was said. Usually if we have to gather around at a cemetery, it is a very quiet time. There's not a whole lot of good news being shared or good, good things being shared. It's very quiet. Tears, 
Maybe I see the ladies just having deep sighs. Maybe still shedding a tear with their memories. Their beloved teacher, master, Messiah, was laid in the tomb. He suffered. Maybe even thinking, what did he accomplish? I mean, if he was the Messiah, aren't we supposed to see the kingdom established? This was ending far differently than what they ever dreamed it would. How was God going to fulfill his promises now? Is God going to provide somebody else where these promises are going to be fully fulfilled through? Now he lays in a tomb. To go from that to the confusion of nobody and then to hear those words, he is not here, but he is risen, as he said. Remember how he spake unto you. And they remembered his words. When they were reminded of that truth, maybe it clicked, and in the moment it did, listen, they regained hope. Why? Because all those things that they were wondering, walking to the tomb, now had the answers. Why? Because he is alive. Now, I don't want to be too profound, so stick with me here. I'm not a very bright individual, so I try and make it simple for myself, okay? There's a lot more that someone can do in this world and with other individuals when they are alive rather than when they are dead. (laughs) Make sense? And then at that moment, they knew God was going to do something great. Their hope was restored when they remembered his words. Can we just remember for a moment the wonderful treasure that we have been given with his words? The Bible. These are the words of the Lord. I am so encouraged to know that your church has a testimony literally around the world as a church that has a passion for the Bible. I was able to show my son as we walked around the copies of Scripture, John and Romans. How exciting. Our church has been able to partner with you for, I think it's about over 10 years now that we've been giving to that ministry. And it's such a joy to be able to give updates to our church family of the next million that has been printed, the next million that has been sent out. The words of the Lord. I love it that you of all churches do this. Bible Baptist Church. How appropriate. Like the women at the empty tomb, we have this same opportunity to remember the words of the Lord. Now they had to, to wait for the moment that the Lord uttered them. We... Get this, we have that moment at any opportunity. Any opportunity. Especially in a day where others need to hear his words to regain hope. Oh Christian, if there is ever a time to speak about Jesus, 2021 is that time. We're facing days when people all around us are literally searching for good news. Hard to find these days. And just to think, we have it. The gospel is good news. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Anyone who believes from a humble heart before God that they are a sinner in God's sight can call on the name of the Lord and be saved and forgiven for all of eternity. And to believe that Jesus arose again for them and He's living today for them. And because He lives... We can live through Him. Just as we are singing, we can face 
tomorrow. Hey, if you don't know him as your Savior today, I don't know everybody in this room. I don't know who may be watching online, but I'll say this. If you don't know him as your Savior, then, then listen to these words just for a moment. When God says in his word, the Bible, he said, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given under heaven, none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There it is. If I can just clarify it, make it clear and concise. So there's no confusion. It's only through Jesus. If you're a Christian here today, let me speak to you just for a moment. Don't remain silent about Christ. After all, just like the women that day, He is our hope. He is the hope of the world. Let me give you to you some verses that you'll probably know about our hope. 1 Peter 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. Guess how that happened? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Timothy 1 verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Romans 15, 13, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Romans 15 verse 4, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have Hope. Isn't this what some spend a lifetime searching for? And yet we say this word so clearly today and so easily today because we have that peace and comfort of the Scriptures. We know what hope is. You hold it in your hands, the promises of God. The Scriptures, you know it in your heart. Of all the things that we need to be talking about today, I pray that we're talking about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. What a powerful, simple, life-changing truth for all of us to realize. What an opportunity that we all have. This church for 45 years now has been built on one thing, proclaiming the hope of the Gospel. And Jesus Christ, preaching the Word of God in this community around the surrounding areas, making sure that all people in Canada get to hear of these words of our Savior. And I encourage you, no matter the season, we're in a beautiful fall season. We're heading into the dreaded winter season for so many. We've come out of the dreaded heat of summer. I don't enjoy summer. This is my favorite season right now. But can I tell you, no matter the season, guess what we're to be busy doing? Sharing the hope of the gospel. No matter the condition of the world. No matter who stands in front of you, who surrounds you, no matter what we face in the moment, can I tell you, the gospel is good to share at any moment. The gospel is good to share in any pandemic. The gospel is good to share when facing any mandate or any changing law. It is good news all the time, anywhere, anyhow, anywhere. It's like the song says, all may change. But Jesus never. Glory to his name. How many things have you faced in the past year and a half that has changed? Hey, all may change. 
We can trust His promises. We can believe His truth. We can remember the words of the Lord. Christian, the big question here today is, how does that change my life? If I remember the words of the Lord today, how does that change me today? Well, can I encourage you to keep thinking with me for a sec? If ever there is a moment where you're tempted to despair, remember the words of the Lord. Remember your hope. If ever there is a moment where you're tempted to fear, you know how many fearful Christians I've talked to lately? Remember your hope in Jesus Christ. Now listen, if ever there is a person that needs to hear the truth shared with them to alleviate their fears and their uncertainties, can I ask you a simple question? Who are you and who am I expecting to do that for them? If you encounter someone that is searching for truth, who are you expecting to share that truth with them? They're looking for truth. Where are they going to find it? CBC? CTV? Global? Oh, they're searching. You think they'll find truth and help with the government? Federal? Is there hope there? Provincial? Is it any better there? Oh, municipal. Are they going to find hope and help there? I don't care who it is. They certainly don't have the answers. (laughs) But you do. So I wonder, who is the one in this church the 45th anniversary of this church, who is the one who is going to be used of God? I'll tell you who it is. It is the Christian who isn't going to remain silent. Surefire way of not being able to be used to spread the gospel is to keep your lips sealed. Hey, when they remembered his words, guess what? They were not silent. (laughs) Who's going to be used of the Lord? It is the one who shares the message of hope. When they remembered the words of the Lord, guess what they regained? Hope. Oh, how we need Christians today to make this a matter of prayer and trust in the Lord. I wonder, Bible Baptist Church, on your 45th anniversary, I wonder who can make this a prayer this morning. Lord, help us to continue to be an example of what an outspoken witness for the Lord is today when people need to hear I wonder if your prayer can be, Lord, keep us focused on what matters most so we're not sidetracked by so many other different things and and distracted away from our purpose as a church. For 45 years, we've been focused on the gospel. May it be for 45 more we stay faithful in preaching the gospel. My prayer is for you as a church family, remember the primary position of the gospel and be invested together in that task. Let's bow our heads together. As we close in just a moment, I want to give you a a moment to just spend with the Lord in prayer. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I've addressed two different groups of people this morning, believers and those who may not know the Lord as their Savior. Now, if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, I know what this church stands for. And I know what their heart is, and their heart is that you would trust Him today. Obviously, I can't see anybody's heart. 
I don't know everybody's story, so it's a great opportunity for me to say this to you. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, don't leave here today without speaking to somebody who can take the Bible, the words of the Lord, and you can see the hope in the pages of Scripture. That is the hope of forgiveness of sins, the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ, the hope of heaven. If you've never trusted Him as your Savior today, in a few moments you'll be given that opportunity. As a Christian here today, and maybe even as a member of this church, on an anniversary time, I wonder if your prayer could reflect what I just shared with you. Would you pray from your heart today? Lord, help me to be an outspoken witness for you. Help me not to be silent. Help me to speak for you. It's easy to sit there and pray, Lord, help this church to speak for you. But I wonder if you from your heart would be saying today, Lord, help me to speak for you. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, you know what? I need hope restored. I've been going through a very difficult time and I don't know what burdens you came with today. But I do know this. I know the promises. I know the promises of God. I wonder if today you would get back into the Bible and remind yourself of the words of Scripture. And you could remember the words of the Lord and you can regain hope. Maybe your prayer would be, Lord, help me to be a student of your word, to dig into scripture so I could see your promises and regain hope. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that each one here today would make something a matter of prayer. Lord, if it's praying for someone who doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray today that they would trust you as their Savior. Lord, if there are heavy hearts here today, I pray that you administer to their heart. Lord, if there are Christians who need to speak for you, be faithful members of this church and spreading the gospel in this community and around the world, I pray that each one as a part of this church would continue to do that. Lord, if you tarry your coming, may it be that another 45 years they stay faithful in doing this. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.